I'm gonna start the episode with that now. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the second and two podcast. I'm your host, TB. I got my co-host, producer extraordinaire. He tried to sit in and do this last week. He's back to listening to me introduce the show. Jody, what's up, Joe? What up, man? How you doing? It's been a wild weekend, to say the least, I think, right? Pretty, yeah. pretty crazy games that we've seen. But how about you? How was, how was coaching on Friday? Well, I mean, we lost the number three team in the state. I told you last weekend it would be a tough game, and yeah, it was. Yeah. Did, did they um, run power and counter all day? You know what? To our credit, we did not let them run counter all day on us. We okay. we did. You know, the game was it was a good game. It ended up being fifty four to six. So you're sitting here listening to me, and you're like, "Dude, fifty four to six? What are you talking about? It was a good game." But like, <laughs> yeah, I actually was really proud of our kids. It was seven zero at the end of the first quarter, uh-huh. and we had gotten their first drive. We made them take eleven plays to score. Okay. Their second drive, we got a stop in the red zone, like I told the kids we needed to do, because um, you're not going to just not give up yards to the number three team in the state. You know, you're going to yeah, give up yards, sure. and and uh, we got a stop in the red zone. The first, the first drive, we had them in third and twelve, and oh. my freshman safety got beat by their senior oh, receiver, freshman. who's their best guy. And and it was close though. He, I mean, it wasn't like he just got beat like a drum. He just he was right there on him. But the guy made a great catch, and my guy was yeah. he was there. He just didn't quite make the play, <laughs> you know. And then they ended up scoring a couple plays later, you know, whatever. And then in the second drive, we, you know, get off the field on fourth down in the red zone. We were hyped. Yeah. Um, you know, we ended the first quarter with a huge tackle for loss, and our whole team was just amped. And their sideline was really quiet. I mean, it was like uh-huh. I said, they were up seven zero, but going into the second quarter, but we were, we were, uh, we came to play, you know, it was one of those, yeah. deals where it was like, you aren't just going to roll over us today. We're here and we're going to make you work for it. We're gonna make you earn it. And the kids executed our game plan really well. We did not let them run the ball. We loaded the box early on, you know, we missed a couple tackles oh. and if they, if they made some plays in the run game, that was why more so than anything, but they started, you know, throwing the ball, hucking and chucking and, uh, and we, we played pretty good defense for the most part. Um, we just kind of ran out of gas. I mean, it was 21-0 at halftime. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the as the game went, like the third quarter, we got pretty pretty well smoked. Uh, uh-huh. We got smoked in the third quarter. The later the game went, the more it just showed. Like they were playing about 30 kids yeah, between offense, defense, and special teams. And we played like 16 to 17 kids. Yeah, I was gonna Between say you guys are a little phases, bit smaller, right? Like you we're a lot smaller. Have a lot like, of tubal. So the way that in Texas, every two years they do the reclassification, so they look at your numbers and then they decide if you're going up or down oh, okay. or staying. Yeah. And this is a team that's gonna go up next year, and we're staying. So yeah. like okay. they clearly have more numbers than us, and you know they're a really good team. I give them a lot of credit. Um, they made some adjustments in the second half too that worked. They started running a lot of split zone in the second half, and it kind of okay kind of beat us up a little bit so um but you know i was really proud of the kids i told them i was like i'm more proud of you tonight than i was in some of our wins 
you know, yeah. and and they were kind of looking at me like, Coach, what are you talking about? I'm just gonna beat 54 to six, and I'm like, Yeah, no, you guys came to play and you executed the game plan that we had, and at the end of the day, we were at a bit of a talent deficiency, and really, even more importantly, we just didn't have the numbers they had, and and they could play yeah. 30 kids competently. We didn't even have 30 kids dress, you know. So yeah, yeah. um, but that's just I mean, credit to them. They're a team that's gonna be really really good when they get to the playoffs. So um, I thought it was a good battle for us. And, uh, you know, it was a big difference between when we lost 54 to six a couple weeks ago to a team that was definitely not as good as that team. Uh-huh. Um, so, but yeah. uh, from upside, we, we have a short week this week. We play our last regular season game on Thursday. Oh, um, that's a, wow. Battle for third place in district. So it's a seeding game against okay. another. Both of us are two and two in district play. So oh, okay, so it's going to be gonna get a higher seed. Yeah, who's going to get the three time. seed? Who's going to get the four seed out of our district in the playoffs? But there's going to be a playoff game next week, regardless. So we're excited for that. You know, it's a, it's a fun week this week. Actually, the team uh-huh. we're playing, they go between wishbone offense and spread. What's wishbone? Is that like an like expansion? Old school, of- old school. You've got a fullback, two like tailbacks a tight end and a wide receiver. And then they run all the like, you know, they do all the stuff in the backfield where it's all tricky. You kind of don't know where the ball's going. They don't Uh run triple, triple option. They just really run a lot of toss, you know, some like ISO and lead stuff. And then some counter fake toss with the, someone coming underneath. Every so often they run a little play action boot concept out of it. And they, you know, they try and get the tight end on a corner route or the receiver on a drag. But they do that, and then the next play, they'll go and suddenly be in spread two by two. <laughs> so you're like, all right, you know, we got a short yeah. week to prep for basically two different offenses. So I have to play two different defenses this week. Yeah. Um, so that's that kind of fun. It's a challenge. Probably yeah. the most challenging, probably the most challenging game plan I've had to put together all year. And it's a short week. Um, the nice <laughs> thing is that. Win or lose, we're in the playoffs. And so it's, there's no pressure. Yeah, it's it. not and, – and and quite frankly, the way the matchups in the playoffs are going to work out for us, I don't think by winning we necessarily guarantee ourselves like an easier path in the playoffs. There's actually yeah. an argument to be made that if we lose, it would be easier. It's kind of weird, um, which we're not – I mean, we're just going to go try and win the game Thursday and yeah. then see where the chips Regardless. fall. Yeah. And, but I, it's – so like I said, either way, it doesn't really – in the grand scheme, it's not going to really matter other than just like we want to beat these guys and we want to get another district win, and that's it. Yeah, you know? makes sense. Um, but, yeah, we're going to play our first playoff game the next week for the first time in Morton 11-man football since uh, 2011. So it's been 12 Dang. years since they played a playoff game in 11-man. In there were six-man for like a little short sp- period there. But, yeah, um, yeah, it's a pretty big deal, so we're excited. All right, so – I have a question, not regarding the game, but is the last week of like every game or like the every season always a Thursday game, or is that just random that that happens that way? So, um, the way that we did it, the reason we did it, so in in Texas, there's a referee shortage, which is happening around the country, by the way. Like, if you're listening and and you have any interest in being involved in football, like being a high school referee is a great service you're doing for your community because we just don't have enough refs. Um, so they ask for volunteers at the at the 3A and 2A levels to see if, if they'd be willing to play on a Thursday or Saturday. And our head coach kind of talked to me about it. This is about three weeks ago. 
because uh-huh. we were originally a Friday game, and he was like, hey, how do you feel about playing that last game on Thursday? You know, if we get ourselves in the position we think we're going to be in and we're in playoff position, then that game we can play Thursday, we'll know where we stand, and then we can go scout our next our playoff opponent on oh, Friday. Friday, go watch them. So I was like, yeah, I'm all for it. You know, I mean, it, it's a little bit you tougher. You take some hand singles or what? Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, I may do some advanced in-person scouting Michigan style. Maybe maybe steal some signals. <laughs> Opponents beware, dude. We got Connor Stallions working for us. Um, yeah, so that's why we're playing on Thursday. So it doesn't always happen that way. It just, it just gotcha. happened for this one. No, yeah, because Fish told me they played on Thursday as well. They they finished last week. They're going into playoffs this coming up week versus Oaks Christian. But I was like, oh, y'all played on a Thursday? Because he told me this Friday. I was so confused. And then he was like, yeah, hey, I'm assuming that's probably the same reason if that's what it comes down to. Hey, uh, by the way, shout out to our alma mater for the way that they yeah, just won their that's last a, game. That's a, that's a no-cap, no-cap pass-off. Pass off. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a high school no cap hats that's a little off. If you're, for the future. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, and maybe we will talk about it then. But like, not a lot of people know that free kick rule. I yeah, mean, so credit sure. to the coach Raymer and that staff for knowing that rule in that moment. That's pretty big time. That's cool. Yeah, I had to ask Johnny about that too because that's the whole reason I started texting Fish on Friday. I was like, what what just happened in the game yesterday? He was like, oh, bro. I was like, Raymer looks like he's big, big time doing all these interviews on, on X. I see him in yeah. videos talking to everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so yeah. Fish, is Fish coaching there? Yeah, he coaches. So they had him on freshman doing just like quarterbacks or something. I don't even know how he got involved, really. But he started coaching this past year. And then he he basically, he's in the box, he says, on Fridays, helping them cool. out, looking at like what their their defenses and stuff. And he was basically saying he could probably get uh, Mitch's Mitch's job if he really like sticks it out with Shap over the next couple of years when he's done, which is kind of crazy. Nice, that's awesome. Good for him, dude. Shout out Fish. Yeah. yeah. Hope he I listens. Does he listen to the pod? Uh, I don't know to be he honest, to. but I definitely told him about this one and good old Parlay Papas too. Yeah. All it's right. Just the balls in his court. Balls in your court, fish. Come listen to the pod, bro. Become a loyal listener. All right. So transitioning to the reason that all the listeners come here. We're yeah, talking about the NFL. The Week eight, big news. All right. So unfortunately, we just had a million quarterbacks get hurt yesterday. So we're just going to rattle down yeah. that list. Uh, we'll start with uh, a pretty big one. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Torres Achilles. Tore Achilles in a win against the Packers yesterday. I mean, honestly, it's a real shame. He had the Vikings on a winning streak. Yeah. Uh, playing some of probably the best ball of his career without Justin With Jefferson. No, yep. Yeah. He got the Vikings back to 400 finally, you know, four and four. And now it's like, I mean, what do they do at the quarterback position moving forward? I, I did see something today that piqued my interest. Jameis Winston, maybe a possible yeah. trade here. That's kind Thoughts? of wild. that'd be that'd be interesting. Been seeing him in purple, but I mean, we would love to see him ball again. He's eating some W's out there. Hopefully, if he hey, maybe the man chance. can go out there. He's got about half a season left. Maybe he can go out there and throw about twenty interceptions and twenty picks <laughs> or twenty touchdowns. Yeah, he'll have a one to one ratio and throw for like three thousand yards over 3, the last nine, the- nine games of the season. It'll be crazy. 
Give me and some, they finish dude, eight and nine or nine and eight. Yeah, the league is more fun if James <laughs> is playing quarterback for, for a team true. for real. That'd be I think that would be a good one. No, yeah. Another sad injury we got, and your your man, Matt Stafford, hurt his thumb. He smacked some dude's shoulder on one of his passes. Visibly just in pain. You I think you could even see like his arm kind of tensing up in that same replay. But he's I guess you're telling me he was day to day on that injury. He tore his yeah. UCL. Is that what you said? In his thumb? So so it looks like he sprained the UCL in his throwing thumb. Um kind of reminds me of the injury that Goff had in his last year with the Rams. Followed through on a helmet, came down on someone's helmet, and then he taped it up at halftime and was fine. Came out and played the second half, let him right down the field, to, you know, for a touchdown. But they ran basically the Philly special for two point a two point conversion. Uh-huh. And on the catch, the way he like caught it and landed, it looked like he really aggravated it then. And that's when they took him out of the game, and he never came back in. Yeah. Um. So McVeigh says he's day to day right now. They're monitoring him. Real uncertain status for next week. I mean, they go to Lambeau next week. It's going to be cold. Yeah. Hard playing surface, and then you have the bye the week after. I think it's pretty possible the Rams sit him. Sit him. Yeah, I noticed that, that today they were searching for options in the QB market because right now their only quarterback on the roster outside of Stafford is Brett Rippon. Um, Stetson Bennett's still out. Stetson Bennett is still on the non-football mm. injured injury list deal, and and they've just said it's a personal matter. They haven't said anything yeah. else about him since they put him on that list in August, and nothing has changed there. So, looked like they were trying to sign John Wolford off the uh, Tampa Bay practice squad, and he declined. He said he wanted to stay in oh. stay in Tampa. So I don't know what they're going to do, but that lets you kind of know that what they're thinking probably, which is. I would guess they're leaning towards Stafford may not play and they need a backup quarterback to rip in um, or they need to go sign someone that can actually play and start and then rip in will be the backup one way or the other. Josh Dobbs, Kyler Murray starts now in in Arizona. (laughs) I don't know. I I, I saw a lot of Carson Wentz floating around. Um, Philip Rivers. Maybe, you know, he's in San Diego. (laughs) He's right there. Yeah, so we'll see. His status for for next week is uncertain, but I kind of feel like if he had to lean one way, he probably won't play. So the next guy who got hurt, a backup quarterback actually already, Tyrod Taylor, went to the hospital yeah. after suffering a rib injury yesterday and an overtime loss to the Jets. Um, he had to stay overnight in the hospital. And the question now becomes, what are the Giants going to do at quarterback if Daniel Jones isn't ready next week? And also... How bad is that O line? They've gotten two quarterbacks hurt in one season. It's not even we're not even halfway through, or we're about halfway through. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it's pretty bad. I know like two weeks ago, I want to say, there was a dude on the intros where they're like Joey Diaz. Off the couch. Like sh- yeah, exactly. That's I was like, cute. all right, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's got it's gotta be pretty bad if there's probably a lot of injuries, which isn't good. And I thought they had a better chance with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback than they do with Daniel Jones. Now they don't have him. I don't know how they're going to look until that dude's back, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, Danny De, or Tommy DeVito. I want to say yeah, Danny DeVito. Danny. <laughs> Tommy DeVito. 
did they yeah. didn't trust him to do anything. I mean, they had like I think with him in the game, they had something like negative nine yards passing, or I can Dang. I don't know the exact stat. Don't quote me on that, but it was it was not good. Yeah. I mean, a lot of their throws were like just showing screens, Saquon. I guess. Yeah, just screens. I mean, they Dang. were not trusting him to throw it down the field at all. The ending of that game was tough if you're a Giants fan. Um, Kenny Pickett, he also got hurt. Left mm-hmm. the Steelers game in the second quarter with an apparent rib injury as well in a loss to the Jaguars. Yeah. That was tough. They lost Trubisky. by like 10, right? Yeah, Mitch Trubisky came in. Mitchell, not Mitch. Um, <laughs> and he was not great. So if you're a Steelers fan, you really hope Kenny Pickett's okay to play next week. Yeah, that's for sure. Because their defense was doing good. They are getting a lot of turnovers too. So that's just tough to see when your quarterback goes down and – you, you're doing the best you can on defense to hold the other team, but there's no production on the other side of the field. Let's see. Another dude who got injured, we got Darren Waller also in that Giants game. He hurt his hamstring and left the game. I don't know how that turned out, but I do know I think he only had like a catch in that game, which is unfortunate because that was like Tyrod's Taylor dude the week before. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the the Giants. It just feels like they're having the worst the possible bug. year. Like, yeah, they just they're having a crappy year after such a good year last year. It's brutal. This this all comes back to the turf talk too about injuries and whatnot. I mean, yeah, they they were playing in the Jets, who also play at MetLife. But I mean, the the, the numbers just keep adding up. I don't know. I don't even think there's many grass fields out there still besides like the Packers and like the Titans I could think of off the top of my head. Hmm. Uh Packers, Titans. I think um, the Raiders, Raiders right? Chiefs. Because they got the moving dome thing. Yeah, the Cardinals and the Raiders have the indoor grass. Um the Chiefs. The Oh the Niners, I think. The Ravens. The 49ers. I think it it's, it's about 50-50 um, grass to turf at this point. Well, a lot more in the, in the East Coast, I think, after we were just riding those out, like mid Midwest area, kind of. I don't know. Yeah, um, not many in the West Coast. It's really just San Francisco and the West Coast at this point. Um, and then I guess Arizona is West enough. Uh, Denver is grass. True. Um, and then Vegas is grass. So yeah, it's about fifty-fifty. Um. So in other news, the Titans are saying right now they are not trading Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing has piqued their interest. However, the Commanders seem to be open for business on their uh, defensive ends. Yeah, Montez Sweat and Chase Young both appear. Kind of seems like. They're both coming up for contracts, and they're going to maybe yeah, that's for not sure. want to pay they both them of them. Burn. So maybe they trade one, pay the other is the deal. Um, it's kind of what it seems like is happening. Um, who do you like trading for? Either one of those guys, Joe. Anybody that you can think um, of off the top of your head that would that would be Like a what team match. that would want them? Yeah. Um. Shoot. I mean, I think if if just based off the two, I think you go Montez Sweat. Our guy Chase Young has been injured a decent amount over the first couple years of his career. Mm-hmm. But if I were to send him anywhere, maybe the Dolphins. That could be mm. 
another pass rusher. I'm good. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. They they were looking nice this weekend, but uh, let's see who they play. Let me find this. They played the Patriots again. Is that who they played? Yeah. Let's see. Another team I could think of. Maybe. Maybe Dallas. I don't know. Oof. That would be brutal, but they won't trade them in division. Dallas, yeah, Philly, sure. the Giants are all out. No, no, no chance. Um, uh, probably another AFC maybe, team. Maybe, man. maybe the Lions. That would, would be, be kind of fun with with pair him with Hutchinson, either yeah. one of them. We did have a, a trade happen today. Um, Who got the traded? Giants? Dexter Lawrence got traded to Seattle. What does he play? I don't D know. D-tackle. He's pretty good. D-tackle. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. The front lines. I mean, they do need that. They got a solid, like, DB core. Just mm-hmm. haven't heard much up front. I mean, they got Bobby Wagner, too. That build up the front seven, get back to that that run they had, you know, get a good defense back in, like, 2014. Primetime Russ. But let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. I messed that up. Leonard Williams, not Dexter Lawrence. Leonard Williams is the, <laughs> the D-tackle from the Giants that was traded to the Seahawks. My bad. Um, but yes. But yeah, uh, the Julio Jones, I guess, scored a touchdown this Eagles-Commanders game. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Back with his guy, A.J. Brown, and now he's got tutties. <laughs> tutties. <laughs> And it was a big moment too. And he went up and got it like old school Julio. Oh, he mossed someone in the end zone. It was like a fifteen yard throw, kind of uh-huh. a pop up right in the middle of the end zone. He went up and oh, looked like Julio Jones, dude. There it was go. crazy. Go ahead, uh, touchdown in the in that in that Commanders Eagles game. Yeah, he's officially back, dude. He is back like Texas. <laughs> <laughs> And lastly, the 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 cheese beat the Broncos. <laughs> Sorry, Mitch. Yeah, that was a that was a wild weekend too. We just listened yeah, to group between Johnny and and yeah. Mitch. Oklahoma took an L. Texas fans, I'm sure, were happy. Um, yeah, the Chiefs though. Go ahead. Yeah, they 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 lost to the Broncos. They finally end their streak of like I don't know, 16 games losing to them in a row or whatever since 2015. Wow. Wow. And last time that happened, right there, baby. Super I'm not Bowl. saying that's gonna. I'm not saying that's gonna happen. But you know, things are looking better the past couple of weeks with the Broncos. Yeah. I I will say, Broncos that, are on a little winning streak. You buying it, Jody? You buying it? I don't know if I'm buying it, but I'm sure they're trending the right direction at a good time. I'll say that. All right. All right. But they were they were throwing excuses for the chiefs early on in that game patty mahomes got ivs the night before taylor swift not in in attendance you know there was snow seven inches of snow the night before you name it they were saying it but the broncos at the end of the game i don't know if you've seen it but they they were playing some taylor swift as as they were taking that dub walking out the building yeah i did hear that um that it was uh what was the song? Shake it off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what an epic troll. What an epic troll. All right. So that's all the news we have for week eight. Give us a little fantasy football check in, Jody. Where where do we stand? All right. So being that this is 
gonna be out on Halloween. This is a spooky fantasy update for you. You know what I mean? We got we got some dudes on your team that just went ghost, like Danny Phantom, Patty Mahomes, not there. Five point six. Jerome Ford, four point nine. Ah, the best. Travis Kelsey, your kicker almost had just as many points as your guy Travis Kelsey at eleven. Yeah. Travis Kelsey had eleven point eight. This your your best looking dude was Jamar Chase at twenty five point two. Ten catches, okay. ten okay. hundred okay. yards, and a tutty. Let's go. Now on my side, we had we had all the ghouls. You know what I mean? The goblins, monsters like Frankenstein. We got Jalen Hurts twenty seven point three six. Christian McCaffrey, 29.8. The the man himself, A.J. Brown, straight beast mode out there, 33 on the day. And with all that being said, I'm up 117 to 102, and I got Josh Jacobs and Jameer Gibbs still tonight. So we're tied up at four now all of a sudden. Shout out four the, four. the Chiefs. Four and four, what a week. Yeah, we're, four we're, we're tied four. up with, you know. It's kind of crazy that it's kind of just even out throughout the whole time. Like you had, a, I think, a a three one at one point, but at the end of the day, the dudes just—they're all beasts. We got we got a solid group of team. They'll figure it out. All right, so let's play a week eight game of contender or pretender. All right, all right. before we We're start, I have the... a question: Go contender ahead. for the Super Bowl or for the playoffs? Contender for the Super Bowl for okay. the big drop for the big dog trophy, bro. All right, all right, all right. All right, so we're gonna play this game with five two loss teams. All right, five of the two okay. lost teams in the league. The technically, the Chiefs are a two loss team, so we could have played it with them, but I was kind of keeping them out. They're gonna. We've, we've talked a lot about. They're the fine. Yeah. yeah. So let's play a week eight game, contender or pretender, and we're gonna start with this team, the Cowboys mm-hmm. at five and two, Jody. Are they a contender or a pretender? I think the easy answer is just pretender. They're a contender for the playoffs, as I said, how I had to make sure I knew what we were talking. But they're not making the Super Bowl. Their their wins have come against the Giants, the Jets, the Patriots, the Chargers and Rams, and they've lost to the Cardinals and the Niners. Now, I don't know where all those teams' records sit, but I think the best one on those those wins that they have is the Chargers, and I think they're, I believe, 3-3 three and three or something like that, 4-3. and three. So, I don't know. And the loss of the Niners, they got smoked. Let's see, I think one of those other games was really close that they actually ended up winning, but they... It's, I don't. I don't know. I don't think that's that's them. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to say that I think the Cowboys are a pretender. We've seen this story before with the Dak Prescott led Cowboys. They have really yeah. good regular seasons, especially since Mike McCarthy got there. They have these really good regular seasons, but they struggle to get wins in the playoffs. Um, yep. You know, I, just, I I don't know that it's necessarily all on Dak. Um, I think Dak's a really good quarterback. I don't know that he's the kind of guy that's going to take you to a Super Bowl unless everything around him is elite. Now, you could make a case that this year, the thing that would be maybe slightly different from years past is their defense is yeah, and they're legit. Nice. 
They are they rank third right now in defensive DVOA, um, and I mean they are, you know, they're they're a top five defense in the NFL right now. Uh-huh. They get pressure on the quarterback. They they create takeaways, um, so that helps a lot. But it feels like the Cowboys' offense still has yet to get in sync. They yeah, just they sure. either have a great great day or kind of a just a bad day and they've never been able to run the ball and throw it all together. Mm -hmm. It just feels like they've never quite put it together. And uh, I think when it comes to the playoffs, I just, there'll be a, there'll be a tough out. I wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the divisional round, but I would be surprised to see them even in the NFC championship game at this point, unless things around them change. So I'm going to go with a pretender as well. I wouldn't, I'm going to add one quick note too. This is like the common like Derek Carr talk where it's like if he had a good defense you know he's making the playoffs like mm-hmm. Dak is kind of that middle of the pack dude more often than not the only thing that like is a sure thing for him when he's throwing the ball is CeeDee Lamb at this point Gallup you know he was struggling catching the ball Brandon Cooks I don't think ever gets touches either so at this point we just got to see how how their defense holds up but the next team I know you want to get into is the Dolphins now their wins have come against the Chargers. I guess they paid the Patriots twice already. The Broncos, which obviously we know they smoked them by fifty. The Giants and the Panthers, and they've lost to the Eagles and the Bills. So right now, it's interesting because the Dolphins feel like they might be the team that has the great start to the regular season. I know I've mentioned this on here before, uh-huh. but fade when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Their offense is truly elite, and there's no denying that. They are the number one offense by DVOA right now. But by the same token, defensively, they kind of go like this. And when they've played good offenses, like the Eagles, like the Bills, who can run the football and and will do it, but then play, you know, play action pass, elite mobile quarterbacks. They're defensively, Vic Fangio still hasn't quite sunk his teeth in. Now, it's hurt them that they haven't had Jalen Phillips, Xavier Howard, and Jalen Ramsey all in the yeah. same game with Bradley Chubb and some of those other dudes on their defense. Yeah, you know, definitely. David Long. Like, they've not had all their best defensive players healthy yet. And Vic Fangio's only been there, you know, since, since this offseason installing what he wants to run. So there is a theory out there that they could be better defensively later in the year. Going and if they... It, if that happened, we might be having a different conversation. But yeah. as of now, I, I think I lean pretender um, uh-huh. because their defense just isn't good enough. Twenty second in DVO, D, you know, defensive DVOA. They're, you're not just going to outscore people in the playoffs. We saw the playoff environment yeah. they played in last year was in Buffalo. It was freezing cold, right? Like you, I just they can run the ball, which helps them a lot. Because they're not just one dimensional offensively. They're they're elite everywhere on offense, but I just don't trust their defense well enough right now to truly label them a contender. And they play the Chiefs this weekend in Germany. Yep. That'll be a yeah, that's what I was about to say. Good yeah. Good good factor in right there. But then following that, they don't have much anyone else besides the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills closing out their year. They got the Jets twice, Commanders, Raiders, and Dol or uh, sorry, Titans. So, I mean, they could be sitting at a solid, like, 
11 and 6, maybe 12 and 5 and you know, we'll be seeing th- this will be a better conversation then cuz closing out the year is going to be tough and like you said the Chiefs game this weekend will be a good tell tall tale sign. But I think I'm in that boat where their defense was looking better. Granted, they were playing the Patriots. But I think with Jalen Ramsey back, they had a little more oomph out there. So I kind of want to say contender for the Dolphins. That's where I'm going to leave my head. Okay. Contender. Um, So we, we both believe the Cowboys are pretenders. We're split on the Dolphins. Our next team, Seahawks. So... You think Seattle is a pretender or a contender right now? All right, so they've beaten the Lions, Panthers, Giants, Cardinals, and Browns, and have lost to the Rams and Bengals, which, you know, might not sound all too crazy, but I think this is probably the most impressive so far out of the teams that I've mentioned. The Lions, right, we'll be seeing them in a little bit on this list. The Panthers, they finally got a win over the Texans. See, Giants, of course, has been on this list every time, and the Cardinals has been on the Cowboys list. But the Browns is probably the most impressive one, which was last week, I believe. And or I guess this past weekend, they won by four. And then the Rams and Bengals. The Rams were looking good when they played back then. A lot has changed since. But the Bengals have also been struggling early on, but I think they're back now, finally. Yeah. But I, I... if. When we get to the end, I had these teams all ranked and where I think they could be in terms of contenders. But uh, so far between these three teams, I like them the most, but I still think they're a pretender. They're, I don't think – we've seen it last year. You know, Gino balled, right? They got to the playoffs and then kind of went 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 ghost like Danny Phantom again. So And they're just up and down. They've had a lot of injuries at the receiver position. Like, it's tough. I think they're a, con- or a pretender, though. Yeah, um, I think, you know, offensively, they've been efficient this year. You know, they're, again, you know, I've been referencing a lot of DVOA. I just think it's one of the better football stats once you get past week eight. Yeah. What does that stand um, for, by the way? What is it? I can't remember. what DVOA, what does it stand for? It's like adjusted. No, you put me on the spot, bro. My bad. I thought you knew. I got you right here. It says defense it's, it's adjusted, adjusted value over, over average. Yeah. Okay. Um. It's yeah. I mean, it gives you a general hierarchy of where teams, where their offense, defense, and special team stands, and then it'll give you overall team rankings. So I've been kind of referencing that. I like looking at that. Okay. I think it's generally pretty reliable. The Seahawks are ninth on offense in DVOA right now, so they're one of the the better offenses in yeah. the league. Gino's been efficient. He gets the ball out. They've got a great trio of receivers. They've got a great duo mm-hmm. of running backs. Their offensive line has been not as good as it was last year, but good enough for the most part. They've sustained some injuries and been able to get past it. Defensively, I, you know, they I'm still I don't buy their defense very, you know, they can't stop the run well enough right now. Yeah. That's part of why yeah. they just made that trade for a D tackle today which may help them a lot. They have elite secondary play right now. I mean, between Tariq Woolen and Devin Witherspoon and, mm-hmm. you know, and Love at safety and Quandre Diggs, and then, you know, bringing even back a healthy Jamal Adams, a.k.a. Blitzboy, 
Like they, <laughs> you know, and then they brought back, um, you know, Bobby Wagner. So I was really yeah, expecting not. their defense to be better. They're great yeah. against the pass, not very good against the run. That's why they just made that trade, and maybe that'll improve them. But at the end of the day, the thing I can't get past, I think they're going to have a really good regular season. I picked them to win the NFC West, and after yeah. about four or five weeks, that was looking like a stupid pick. Now they're w- winning the NFC yeah, West right now. Um, so it's very possible they could do that. And I always thought they would be a really good regular season team. But when it comes down to nut-crunching playoff time, I'm just not sure that Geno Smith is going to be outdueling Jalen Hurts or, you know, I mean, golly, there's not there's not a lot of other (laughs) NFC quarterbacks. Maybe Dak. I don't know. know. I mean, (laughs) I I would say they're probably similar. Maybe. Yeah, I just I don't see him. Do you know? I guess maybe because the NFC isn't loaded at quarterback, my argument here is kind of null because. If they were to make yeah. it to the NFC Championship game, they're a contender. It's at probably that point. Jalen I mean, Hurts at that point. They're, yeah, they're con- but they're a contender. I can't say they're not a contender. Yeah, yeah, if they true. made it to the NFC Championship game, and I could, I could see that. I mean, so I was leaning pretender. Talk ah, yourself to contender. I, I might have talked myself into contender because they're just the NFC QB group right now is not very good. It's not yeah. elite. I think if you had to rank them, it's like Jalen Hurts, Jared Goff. Ooh, Dak, Gino might be fourth right now because Kirk yeah. Cousins just no got Kirk hurt. You know? Yeah, yeah, and Stafford's hurt. He he would start off to a good start, but he's hurting right now. I mean, the NFC is not loaded at quarterback. Brock Purdy, I guess, is somewhere in there, <laughs> but he's not looking good either. He hasn't been playing well recently. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Gino might be the fourth best quarterback in the NFC, and the team around him might be good enough. Yeah, I guess I'll go contender with Seattle. I kind of talked myself into it. I was going to say pretender, but I'm going to go contender here. All right, what if I tell you they play the Ravens, the Niners twice, the Cowboys, the Eagles, all still in these upcoming games? We'll find out if they're contender for real. <laughs> stretch. I mean, that's five really hard games. Yeah, and so they have so it goes Ravens. They I mean, got Ravens. The the Commanders and Rams, and then they got the Niners, Cowboys, Niners, Eagles. So that's a tough stretch right there. That was their. I'm sure that was preseason. That was the tough stretch for them. Um, Yeah, you know, I I will. I guess we'll find out as the season goes whether they're for real or not. But right now, I'm going to lean towards contender. Perfect. Which leads us to the Jaguars, who had a shaky start. Who I thought, you know, they were going to be amazing at the beginning of the year you know i said that thing trevor lawrence was gonna win the mvp um that's <laughs> definitely not gonna happen but i mean they're six and two let's see i have them beating the the colts twice the falcons bills saints steelers and they've lost the chiefs and texans um the jaguars are my favorite team probably on the list I think they're a definite contender. I think they have played some of the best the AFC has to offer and looked Mm -hmm. like they belong in every game, win or lose. Um, They are one of the more balanced teams in the league right now. Um, Just being that their defense, I told you last year I liked their defense. A lot of people looked at the numbers, didn't like it, but I could tell they had some young players that were getting better. I liked what they did schematically. A lot of their – 
I, you know, their defensive coordinator's ideology aligns with the things I think I like to try and do defensively. So I relate. I get a lot of teach tape from their defense because I like a lot of the things they do. And they, they create takeaways defensively. They're a top five defense in DVOA right now. Yeah, I don't think anybody saw that coming before the year. And offensively, they're actually, you know, the thing that everyone thought would take the turn. They're 12th, which is not bad, but it's not kind of what the firepower we thought they might be. Their defense yeah. has helped them win a lot of these games on this winning streak. And uh, and they've won all these games in freaking London and on the yeah. road. They had to go to Pittsburgh this weekend of all places, and they won that game. Yeah, you told me Kenny that was Pickett a shaky was hurt, bet. Yeah, I, and I, I was nervous about <laughs> it because it was in Pittsburgh, and you know how they are, but yeah. Kenny Pickett got hurt and changed the game a little. True. But even still, I, I really like Jacksonville, and they're going to pick up some more wins in that AFC South. I assume, you know, going forward. So I think they, they have a really good shot to get a top two or three seed in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you know, definitely. we'll see what, what, you know, the AFC playoffs are going to be an absolute bloodbath because there's so <laughs> many good teams. Who's the most healthy at that there, point? There's like, there's like tw- you know, uh, 10 or 11 teams that have three plus wins in the AFC right now. It's insane. So, um, yeah, but I, I like Jacksonville, even though they're, in the same conference as Kansas City, Baltimore, Buffalo, uh, Miami. I, I I really like Jacksonville. I think they're a balanced team, and I think they uh, they have a really good shot. Yeah, no, I do like them a lot. I, I you said you have them as your favorite. I have them as the second for me, but like they they've been doing well the past like four weeks. They're on a little streak, I believe. You know the. the I think they're getting to where I thought they would be in the beginning of the year for sure. They definitely when you when you start off losing uh two out of the first three games and you you beat the Colts, right? On that first game, it's like, mm-hmm. all right, you know, it's not looking good. You lost to the Texans, rookie quarterback, lost to the Chiefs, that was a little scrappy game. But let's see, they're coming up schedule. They got the Niners this coming up week. That'll be some fun signs, see how he could do against their defense. And then after that, the next ones that are hard, Bengals, Browns, a couple weeks out. And then Ravens, ooh. But then they close out. Close out. Real interested in those Bengals and Ravens games. Yeah. But that's like four weeks out, still a month away. So they they got time to, you know, get their things right. I think they also have – or no, they just had their bye, actually. Never mind. Don't, I'm not gonna say that, <laughs> but no, I believe the Jags are definitely getting in the right right uh, mindset going forward. They're looking nice, and they just get it. They got everything rolling for the most part. They just they got that tough stretch, which will prove whether that's a true statement that they're a contender or if they they were just faking it till they made it. You know. But to close out this this game of contender or pretender, we got the Lions who are playing at the moment, which I don't know. I'm assuming you got a, a score update. I don't know if you do. I, I don't want to uh, I don't spot, think the game is quite started. Oh, or, really? Never mind. I'm just kidding. I forgot it did start. I was thinking, <laughs> I saw 8.15, and I was thinking I was still on East Coast time. It definitely started. Uh, They're up 9-0 nine, nine in the second quarter right okay, now. Okay, the there you go. So... The Lions have beat the Chiefs in that week one game, Thursday night. They got the Falcons, Packers, Panthers, Bucks, and have lost to the Ravens and Seahawks. So 
the huge part of me wants to really like the Lions because they're a feel good story, and I just like yeah, the people who work in that building: Dan, Dan Campbell, Campbell, Jared Goff, Aiden Hutchinson, their mm. their GM, who's uh, Brad uh, Brad Roseberry. I don't know. No, but I'm I'm completely blanking on his name, and I apologize for that. But um, just I just really think all the people in that building have, you know, the right kind of character. They do things the right way. They've worked really hard to sort of rebuild that franchise and the image of it. And uh, so I really want to believe in the Lions. But when you yeah. rattle off their wins and losses, it's it's. I mean, they've beat bad teams and they've lost to the two good teams they played. Yeah, and not and just they like got smoked the by the Ravens. They got smoked. Um, so their schedule's been light so far. However, their defense has taken a major uptick from the year from where it was a year ago. And offensively, they're as good as they've been. I mean, Jared Goff is playing some mm-hmm. of the best football of his career. He looks like the guy who was kind of in the conversation for the MVP with the Rams the year they went to the Super Bowl with him. Um, he looks like that. You know, they've got all these weapons now between you know, Jamison Williams and and David Montgomery, who I know is hurt right now. Amon Ra St. Brown and Sam Laporta and Gibbs and you know David all the Montgomery. all the, I don't know. Yeah, all the other guys that, you know, I'm sure I'm forgetting guys right now, you know, um Josh Reynolds. Like all those guys, they're an embarrassment of riches of offensive talent and their offensive line's really good. And now defensively they're starting to catch up, you know, with some of those top yeah. picks finally helping them out. Yeah, I think uh the Lions I've kind of I've kind of wavered on them because their schedule hasn't been good. Yeah. But I think I'm leaning towards contender because I think the same reason I talked about with the with the Seahawks. I think the team around the quarterback is so good and we've seen Jared Goff get to a Super Bowl. I've seen him do it. That's Ooh, more than I can say true. for Geno. And yeah. uh so I'm going to lean towards contender for the Lions right now. All right, so I think we'll be split again. So closing out the year, their next toughest game, I guess, is the Chargers next week. Following that, the Cowboys late in the year because everything else is divisional and, uh, yeah. and the Broncos they got. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I do think they have a really good record, is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that for that reason, I think they're a pretender, bro. It's just like. Like we said, they they got smoked by the Ravens. That's probably the most telltale sign of any like Super Bowl implication early in the year. You know, where you get that good team, that especially that's on the other side of the conference. I don't know, man. I do like, like I said, I do want, I do like them a lot. They're a great team to watch. It's just I don't think they'll have like the if we were sitting here. Talking about the Cowboys, right? We already talked about them. I think their schedule is a lot harder than what the Lions are going to have to go through. And I don't know. Maybe maybe we get lucky and see them play each other in the playoffs and figure out who truly was right on this decision, you know? But I, I don't – I I do like the Lions. I love watching them play, but I just can't sit here and tell you that I think they'll be, be able to get through the playoffs and get to that Super Bowl. All right. So – you said you had a ranking. If you had to rank yeah. these these teams, most likely to be a contender versus most likely to be a pretender, how would you rank yeah. them? So I I went the Dolphins at one, Jaguars at two, Cowboys three, Lions, and then the Seahawks. 
So my ranking would be Jaguars 1, Lions 2, Seahawks 3, Dolphins 4, Cowboys 5. Okay. You, so you um, like the you you just banking on the NFC being more more parity. I'm assuming, right? That's what I'm taking out of that. I mean, I have Jacksonville one. Yeah. So, no, I get but, that. But I mean, like I just other, Seattle, uh, Seattle, and and Detroit. Their defenses are similar. so much better than Miami's. I mean, I know they play in different conferences, but like, yeah, I I they just I like their defenses way better now. The Cowboys being in last is more of a – I know their defense is so good, so I'm kind of uh, being a hypocrite when you know I'm sort of circular <laughs> reasoning here. I just yeah. don't – when it comes to the playoffs, I just don't really trust Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy yeah. to get the job done. I just – I need to see it from those guys before I can say, yeah, I trust them. Uh-huh. So that's why they're fifth. Um, the Dolphins, I, I just have this feeling they're the team that's going to – They'll get out to the big good Look record early, and then, the and then all of a sudden we're sitting there in the wild card, and they lost to the Bills, and we're like, yeah. "Oh, yeah, they were never for real." So yeah, I get that. You know, I could be wrong. I'm not, you know, but unless that defense really improves, I just don't see it with the with the Dolphins as good as their offense is. And then, you know, the Seahawks and the Lions are both sort of sh- they, they were two, two teams, teams I was kind of shaky on. on. I wasn't sure, but again, the, the NFC is so weak, and their defenses yeah. are so good. And, and their, their quarterbacks, quarterbacks were probably two of the top four in that conference. conference. So I went contender with those guys. And then the Jags are the team I feel the best about because they're the most balanced. Good defense, good offense, great quarterback, good head coach who's won a Super Bowl in a really hard conference. Had a nice run. Yeah, really hard conference, but but pretty soft division overall, which uh-huh. makes their lives easier, you know, in terms of picking up wins and then being healthy for the playoffs. And, you know, like I said, possibly competing for – not just home field, but maybe you try and get a buy. You know, maybe they they can go for that best record in the in the AFC. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. But we come to our favorite part of the show, where we give out awards to everyone in the league. So we're we'll kicking it off with the Tuka Gamer of the Week award. Uh, I'll I'll start it off. I got Jalen Waddle this week from the Dolphins. My man did seven catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Meanwhile, his homie Tyreek over there had, I think, 100 as well on a tutty. They're just eating it up out there. They played the Patriots, as I said. But one thing I do want to see improved, my dude had 12 targets. I don't We We got to up those numbers, bro. If you're getting the, the touches, you might as well be able to make something else happen because he could have easily got 150 at that rate, you know? So, Jalen Waddle, he's my two-quick gamer of the week. Seven catches, 121. Uh, my gamer of the week award pains me to give out because he did it against my team, but yeah. I got to watch CD Lamb absolutely obliterate the Rams. First stat line of twelve catches, hundred and fifty eight yards, two touchdowns. He crushed single coverage all day long, no matter who was covering him. Yeah, he was a dog. I think he started hearing <laughs> early in the season when people were like, "Hey, is CD Lamb really a number one?" A lot of people were talking mm-hmm. about that. You know, it's been a, a, about a year since they traded um, Amari Cooper to the Browns. There was all that, you know, and yeah, kind of got to that point. Mm. Kind of got to that point, and and then recently he's been absolutely killing people, and he it led to a career day against the Rams. Really rough to watch. Yeah, that dude snags all the ball. He's a monster, literally. Love watching him play. He he 
My favorite is his first down celebration. I don't know. For those who weren't watching, I hit the little, yeah, where he's like sniffing the first down marker. I think that thing's <laughs> so clean. But next up, we got the Jody Dog of the Week. Taking it back to running backs. I don't. I think I've stayed away a little bit. Going Alvin Kamara from the Saints. My dude balled out. He had 17 rushes, 59 yards, and a tutty. He had four catches, I think, on six targets. One touchdown is there as well, receiving in 51 yards. My dude is going crazy. That's all I got to say. He, 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 he looks like he's back in full form from before he was gone. You know, he had that like three week break. We didn't get to see him play, and now he's back. So, will them? Yeah. Uh, not much else to say there. He's balling. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go minor setback for a major comeback. This week uh, is kind of a special one. I'm going with Kirk Cousins. We talked about he tore the Achilles yesterday. It was devastating for the Vikings in their season. You know, to finally get to 4-4, four and four, they're kind of jump-starting it. They're getting Justin Jefferson likely off the IR soon. And now they don't have a quarterback who can legitimately get right. that guy the ball. Um, but more than that, really focusing on Kirk. It's a contract year for him. He's coming off the Netflix mm-hmm. QB show. A lot of great publicity. A lot of people loved what he was doing this year. Playing, as I said, some of the best football of his career. Um, and now he's going to go into the offseason with real uncertainty. You know, yeah, he's coming off definitely. a torn Achilles. Doesn't have a contract. Doesn't know what team he'll be playing for. Um, and yet, I would say this. No matter where he ends up, I think Kirk will still be a really productive player. He was not a guy who necessarily relied on his athleticism. Not to say that he could didn't use it. But I think, you know, his obvious strength is in the pocket as a as a true pocket passer. So yeah. I think he can still be a really productive player even coming off, you know, the ACL to, or the uh, Achilles there. So in the grand scheme of his career, I think this is a minor setback for a major comeback. Yeah, no, I agree. My, I was – so my Munoz Award winners from that game, and he's probably the most, like – Old school looking quarterback out there. My dude goes under center a lot. He's in the shoddy little play action here and there. He does it all. And when I saw him go down, you could just tell he was visibly upset. Not just because like he was injured, but like you knew he was like, I can't be out here with my guys no more, you know? Like they had him on the cart and he was still sitting there watching before they rolled him out. Like my dude's just just a man of great character. And even last week when Justin Jefferson pulled up with the chain, like he he's just a great dude, you know. Kirko Chains. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely gonna be sad. Oh, I, I want to see his recovery. Maybe he gets out there with Aaron Rodgers, and you know, he comes back even even stronger at this rate. Yeah. But this week we got the no cap hats off award, which I'll let you talk about the shop one. But I'm gonna get into the one I had written down right here. It's gonna come from the the Browns game. So. They threw, or I shouldn't say they, I guess P.J. Walker threw a pick, right? And the dude, like, caught it, fell on the ground, and David and Joku, instead of, like, touching him down right there, right, just past the, where the line is, or the, the sticks was, he came in, punched the ball out of the dude's hand, never, like, touched him, just hit the ball, and then recovered that as a fumble and got a first down on a third down conversion. It was crazy wow. how it all played out. And and it was just more about the awareness to not touch the dude because anyone would just be like, oh, he's on the ground. Let me just touch him right here and not let him advance. But he came in, punched it, and then recovered it. And they kept the, the chains rolling. Nice. Heads up play. Another yeah. heads up play. We kind of said it, but 
uh, Chaparral High School in Temecula, California, playing Roosevelt. You know, just secure a spot in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, Chaparral is is down in the final seconds of the game. Um, Roosevelt punts from their own end zone. Chaparral Fair catches it. And by my understanding, initially sent out the field goal team, but then, you know, called a timeout and it indicated to the referees that they wanted to use a free kick. Not yeah. a lot of people know that you your first play after fair catching a, a punt, you get a free kick if you so choose it. And since mm-hmm. they were on the 25-yard line going in, they could choose a free kick. So then it looked kind of like a kickoff out there, but it yeah. just, he kicks it through the uprights. It's three points. And uh, yep. he kicks through the uprights, three points, wins the game. I mean, <laughs> kind of a wild way to win it. And uh, like I said, heads up play by the uh, by the, the staff to understand that was the yeah. rule and to use it and apply it in a moment where, you know, the difference you between seating. yeah the difference between you winning the game and losing the game might be the fact that you used a free kick versus trying to kick a field goal against the live rush. Um right. Yeah, and the kicker had already missed one. Nap and hold and everything else. A lot more things could go wrong versus the free kick. So yeah, huge, huge, great job by our alma mater. And uh, way to go, fellas! Way to good luck in the playoffs and the CIF playoffs this week. True, true. Which leads us to our Strahan Munoz Big Fellow Award. I'll kick it off. I got. Let me see if I could even read this guy's last name. Oh, okay, I got it. I I wrote down. I was I was doing this while holding the paper today, so everything's all shaky. <laughs> but my Munoz Award winner today is going to be Garrett Bradbury. He's going to be the center for the Vikings. Yeah, number fifty six. My dude has crazy pass pro. He was looking nice out there. There was a they had a screen to Addison. This dude ran straight there. Had a nice seal, let him get like a little twenty yard uh like gain where he got smacked on the side. It's one of his highlights that, that they've been rolling around. Let's see what else we got on my notes. He had another screen on on uh they threw it to Osborne on a screen. He and he had ran past the defender and instead of you know hitting the crack block in the penalty, he just stood there back to him oh, like hit the shuffle. A little, yeah, Let's like go. a real screen. I love yeah, seeing a good screen, dude. Yeah, and then smart play. Let's see. Lastly, oh, there was there was one of his pass pros. They had they hit a stunt, and his check off of the dude that he was guarding with was insane. He had the right read. He had great eyes on pass pro for sure. So yeah, my guy was killing it. No tackles that on the people he was guarding, but he he does well for pass pro for sure. All right. Um... I'm going to the Texans and Panthers game to shout out a guy who had a fantastic game for the Texans, and that is Jonathan Greenard. Um, the fourth-year defensive end out of Florida had two and a half sacks and three solo tackles. Um, he has six sacks this Dang. year, and he's becoming a really good complimentary pass rusher for the Texans You know, as they're building that defense under D'Amico Ryans. You know, obviously, everyone loves Will Anderson, their top yeah. pick this year. But like, there's a couple guys there that have been there that no one talked about because they were there during the previous regimes that were so awful, and they've you know they've developed a little bit. And Jonathan Greenard is one of those guys. I mean, he's not a nobody. He was drafted in the third round out of Florida, but he kind of just sat in Houston for a little bit, and now he's really starting to come on. Two and a half sacks in one game, six on the year. So shout out to him. He had a he had a really good game, um, even though they lost. And I think 
that'll keep showing up. So, you know, good luck to him for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's that's dope to hear. Because, yeah, third-round drafting, you're definitely a solid defensive dude for sure. Mm-hmm. But speaking of more draft picks, we got our Who's Cooking Award, and I'll let you take this one because this man got to start. Bro, Will Levis is out to <laughs> prove the haters wrong, myself being one of them. I did not, you know. I mean, I don't think we both didn't really like him, to be honest. I, I, and not that I didn't like him, but just compared well, to the in, other top in our prospects. Five. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was fifth. He was my fifth favorite. Like, I had mm-hmm. Hendon Hooker over him. But, man, oh, man, there was one thing that was undeniable with him, and it was always the arm talent. Yeah. There's a couple of throws he made yesterday that will have you going, well, there's about three guys in the league who can make that throw, and it's Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> Josh Allen, and freaking Will Levis, apparently, because he made, like, there's one. He makes a throw off his back foot while he's getting hit, and it literally zips 40 yards down the field and into a receiver's hands like perfectly across the field. And I was like, wow, that's a throw. Um, He had about as good a debut as you could have had 19 Mm -hmm. for 29, 238 yards, four touchdowns. He absolutely cooked the Falcons in a huge win for Tennessee. When you kind of thought like, okay, they're starting the rookie. There's they're training some guys. They're probably kind of quitting on the year. And instead, no, their rookie quarterback goes in there and looks un- unbelievable, and they win the game. So shout out to uh, Will Levis. Yeah, probably had another... some mayo as a celebration afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I will say they they brought up the stat in the game. I had to look it up real quick. He joins Marcus Mariota and Fran Tarkenton as the only other people to throw four touchdowns in their first game which so they also had the the titans other quarterback in there and not to mention they were rocking the sweet unis bro they had the houston oilers on but Hmm. my guy who's cooking this week i've kind of talked about it briefly at the top i got joey b my dude was eating he went 28 for 32 283 yards three tutties not to mention six carries for 43 yards. I think he's back finally. My dude's calf. He looked you know, good. 43, 43 rushing yards. I think his calf is doing a lot better than it was he week good. two. I th- and yeah, that's for sure. He he threw a tutty to our guy, Yashiva, again. I was going to make a joke about that, but I didn't want to use my Spanish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, he was slinging the rock all around. Everyone was getting involved. And like I mentioned, our guy... Jamar Chase had a hundred piece on on the day, so definitely looking like the the Bengals are back. I do do hope our guy Hendricks is all right. He got stepped on and looked like he was hurt a little bit, but other than that, my guy Joey B full form now, coming back. The 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 window's open as long as he's QB. Nice. Um. All right, so we've got our last award of the week. <laughs> Wait, did you change the name on this award, or did it type out that way? <laughs> No, it typed out that way. Um, okay, I saw okay. it, and I was wondering what you were doing there. But the Boo Boo Evans Award, take it away, Jody. Who you got? <laughs> so, I, like I said, I, I told you when we weren't recording, we had a power outage today. It was scheduled. It was a block from 9 to 6. So I was doing everything on my phone today to make sure I could get prepared. So the the fantasy points, I had to go Open a tab on Safari, 
get the score. Go back to the Google Sheets form. Type it in one by one. This is a lot more complicated than it sounds. Because on my computer, I look at one screen, I look to the other, type it in, you know, back and forth. So on the Boo Boo Evans Award winner, it's Jarek McKinnon. But on the award itself, it says Her Rick McKinnon. So shout out Autocorrect for making up their own their own name on Jarek Mc. <clears throat> Excuse me, Jarek McKinnon. My dude had two rushes for negative two yards, one catch for eleven yards on two targets. So as, as he couldn't get it done with his legs in the running game and barely did much in the receiving game. I don't even know how this is. Not not I shouldn't say I don't know how this is possible, but. It's crazy that we've had two dudes from the Chiefs already on this award when the past couple weeks have kickers, which missing field goals is still a terrible thing going on around the league, which is crazy. But I guess you can't always assume they're automatic, you know. But yeah, my dude Jarek McKinnon this week couldn't do much in the run game nor receiving, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had him on one of my fantasy teams for a while. He got dropped. There you go. Um, All right, we're going to go to our last segment of the week, the turnover on downs. Set your drum rolls up because it is first down, my friends, and we're going to go look at a trend. You know I love to look at trends. A couple things I saw this week, but one of the things I was most interested in, um, we're talking about how defenses are adjusting to empty. And uh, traditionally, you have two chance, cho- two choices versus empty, right? You can play coverage, or uh-huh. you can send the house. And okay. teams recently have kind of started finding a little bit of that middle ground where they're not necessarily sending six; they're sending five and playing coverage behind it. So you'll see the uh, the uh, Buccaneers are going to just run kind of an old school concept that I have always referred to as like spacing. You've got the you know hitch with the slot fade, and then they're just inside going to run another hitch, and on the backside they're going to run a hitch with like an over route behind it, right? Yeah. So what it looks like right now, if you're the Bucks, you're it looks like you're seeing you know two high safeties, maybe some form of of zone, you know quarters look, maybe two man something like that, and instead. After the snap, this safety is going to rotate down. This safety who was showing pressure over here is going to come out and play man on the back. And the safety looked like he might be, you know, one of those high safeties to the to the boundary here. He's going to float to the middle of the field and become a middle of the field safety. So well, they're going to play man, man free. Can you right? tell me which safeties? Because I don't see your cursors pointing them out. You don't see if it? That makes what sense. I'm doing no, right now? I, no, no, I, I don't see no cursor on the, on the board. Oh, well, darn. All right. Well, there it is. She's back. <laughs> okay. So the safety on the slot to the three side is going to pressure. The safety who's high back there is going to come down on the slot on Mike Evans. And then this go. safety to the boundary looks like he may be playing zone or some form of man, whatever. Right, He's going to get to the middle of the field. And then this safety who is showing pressure is actually going to get out and play man coverage on the back. So they're going to send five. You're going to get a stunt where Leonard Floyd and the and Ed Oliver are both going to go inside, and this uh, blitzer off the slot is going to go outside. So we'll see what happens. As the play develops, 
He gets in the face of the quarterback. He's able to hit him and disrupt the timing of the play, cause a you know negative play for the Bucks. an incompletion here. Could have been worse, really. Um, Baker identifies it late here. He sees the free runner. He wants to get rid of the ball, but none of his receivers are quite there. So by the time he finally throws it and kind of ducks his head into the pressure, it just is an incompletion. Could have been much yeah. worse for Tampa um, in this Thursday night game from last week. But yeah, teams are responding a lot now to empty with sending some kind of pressure, but not necessarily sending the house like you might have seen in, in years past. Um, so it's kind of a fun counter to empty. Not that we see a lot of empty in the NFL, but we see enough of it that uh, when teams yeah. do something like this, you notice. Well, I know the Niners are definitely a user of of empty. You know, they got plenty of dudes that could catch the ball out there. So it'll be interesting to watch. Let's see. For me, second down, we got the bet for next week. Oh, I didn't pick a winner yet. This isn't good. We already got bad juju. All right, so I got the Cardinals and the Browns. Cardinals at plus seven, I guess. Let's see, Rams and Packers. Rams plus three. That's in Lambeau. That's I'm worried about that, but I I don't think it'll be too bad. I guess if we don't have our guy Matt Stafford, I probably don't like that one anymore. Mm, yeah. Let's see, Washington. So the Commanders and the Patriots over forty. I got the Chargers versus Jets. Chargers at minus three. And then Bills and Bengals. I got the Bengals money line. I I think that's a statement game. All right, I don't I don't know where I'm going with this one. I think I'm gonna just be play it safe and go Commanders Patriots over forty. I I, I guess that's the easiest play Ooh. I can make today. Mac Jones and Sam Howell are gonna cook, huh? Yes. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, forty is mean, really I, low. It's really low. I but. do. True. I think the Washington Commanders will definitely ball out over, you know, weaker DBs, I guess, from the Patriots. And I just think Mac Jones have been looking a lot better in recent time. So maybe they okay. could, you know, we just need a 24-21. We'll be chilling. <laughs> Fair enough. But, All you right. know, it's also game time decision. I haven't won the last time I've done that. So we'll we'll just have to pray. <laughs> pray on it. All right. Um, we're going to go live once again to the third down breakdown. So I'm going to look at the Seahawks uh, pressuring on third and three to create a takeaway, which would eventually lead to their um, game winning touchdown. They're down 20 to 17. They've got two timeouts. It's just in front of the two minute warning, 204 to go. If you're the Browns, you have two choices here. You can. Run the ball, hope you get the first down, and then if you don't, punt it after the two-minute warning, right? Mm -hmm. You're kind of near midfield, not yeah. quite in a spot where you could get in field goal range, but you know certainly you know you could run it and then maybe look to go for it on fourth down, right? Or you can put the ball in the air and see if you can go get a first down, be really aggressive, see if you can get one. Yeah, and uh, you know so they went to look to throw with PJ Walker here. And they're going to run uh, to the top. They're going to run the slant, uh, slant flat combo. They're going to run the, the back right to the sticks, and he's going to kind of turn around. And then the bottom, they're going to run a little follow concept where you're going to get um, essentially like an over route or like a really deep slant from the slot with a um, just truly a sticks route from Amari Cooper. And Amari uh -huh. Cooper is going to get to the and just try and get inside in a spot where P.J. Walker can get, put the ball on his chest and get him a first down. 
The Seahawks, on the other hand, are going to bring a pressure. They're also going to blitz off the slot. This isn't verse empty, but kind of similar to what Buffalo did. They're going to send Jamal Adams off the slot. They're going to blitz him. Um, And he's going to come through the B gap. The end is going to get up the field, widen the tackle, and Jamal Adams is going to come into that B gap, and no one's going to see him coming, right? Um, On the back end, they're just playing essentially a version of match quarters. Bobby Wagner and the other backer are the hook defenders. The corners are going to read two. They're going to come off if two comes flat. The safeties are going to drive number ones running those those slant routes, right? Um, and so you'll see P.J. Walker, you know, he makes a decision here that costs his football team. He might have had a better throw, and we'll look at it. It's a great call by Seattle, too, just by the way. And could have made it 50% on the day for third down conversions. Could have. All right, so Jamal Adams comes off the slot. Now, initially, he really wants Amari Cooper. Mm. Tariq Woolen is just in such good position, though. He's not letting Amari Cooper get inside on him. Bobby Wagner is sitting sitting on Elijah Moore here, right? Um, they're sitting on Donovan Peoples-Jones there. They're sitting on Amari Cooper. I think if he could have got the ball to the flat in David Njoku's hands right now, that corner at the top of the screen isn't in exactly great position to flip his hips and yeah. make that tackle before it gets the first down. Um, but P.J. Walker was so locked in on Amari right Cooper. Yeah, he might have been able to get it to Jerome let Ford. Him, let just him barely get the man. first down. Yeah. Um, but the pressure is in his face because Jamal Adams comes untouched. And Blitz Boy, as he is affectionately known uh comes through creates the pressure gets his hands on the foot you know gets forces the throw hands on the ball with Tariq Woolen ball pops up in the air and now it's an interception Seahawks have great field position and now yeah. can drive the other way right so oh that boom. hit his helmet yeah it hit Jamal Jamal Adams playing soccer helmet. wrong football yep. great great interception off the ricochet by the safety love and uh turns out to be essentially a game-winning play for Seattle. So huge play. The difference between, you know, five and two and four and three for these two football teams really turned out to be Blitzboy coming off the edge, hitting the ball on his helmet, causing an interception. Huge play. Yeah, it's a third down. We got the bad – or, sorry, fourth down. I don't know how to count today. We're running or we're doing – we got penalty today. We had, I threw a penalty replay, <laughs> offset, replay, replay third, third down. down. <laughs> but no, fourth down, we got the bad beat. So I had a simple one, Ravens minus 10. It was – they didn't hit because Justin Tucker missed a field goal. But I've been, I've been venturing in the X to find bad beats. So this one, this guy had a three-player prop of people getting over 100 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. He had C.D. Lamb. Jalen Waddle, which we both touched on. Both over. Yep. And Devontae Smith. And Devontae Smith ended up with 99. Oh, no. <laughs> Give the man his money. Give the man his money. Golly, that's tough. That is tough. All right. Well, we got to finish this thing out. Banger of the week, Jody. It's your week, dude. Halloween week. What you got for us? All right, so this this song it's a, it's made by little kids, uh, so I gotta preface that first. But it was Arian Foster's kids; they made it. It's called Knock Knock. They put out the the music video for it 
yesterday on X. Okay. The song's pretty. It's a pretty good song. It it's got some nice flow. It's a lot better than "Don't Talk to My Man Like That." <laughs> but <Okay>. but okay. <laughs> but it, it's definitely catchy. The visuals look nice on there too. And I also want to just touch on some favorite Halloween candies to get in your bag because you know I'm assuming people will be doing this. Let's hopefully listen in the pod during the day and then they get to close out the night eating right. them some okay. candy. So I think, you know, you got the classic, you got Snickers, Kit Kats, maybe you get some Sour Patch Kids, you get a little Lucky, Swedish yeah. Fish is solid. I think a sleeper in my eyes is like Milk Duds, you know, they just, you chew them up, they get stuck in your teeth, kind of fun, kind of similar to like the Tootsie Rolls, you know, not the, not the coolest thing to see in the bag, but you, you, they got a little special place in your heart. Okay. Um, but if I, my true favorite one to get you, is the Kit Kats, but the the orange ones. So they only put them out during Halloween. It's like the yeah. white chocolate favorite, but they're yeah, orange. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know why, but those are my favorite. And they you got you can't off. go wrong with the yeah the the classic Reese's as well. They got pumpkin fl- pumpkin shapes. You know, they do the eggs for Easter. They they all sorts of things. But my true favorite is that Halloween one with the with the Kit Kat orange. Yeah, if I had to rank Halloween candies that I could get in my bag, first of all, you have to separate the chocolate from like the fruity flavored stuff. True. Yeah. So true. I'm just gonna go with the chocolatey things. Um, I think number one on my big board is almond joy. Oh, okay. Joy. I don't know if you see or listen to Buzzing with the Boys, but they had controversy on that one. Oh, uh, that someone didn't like coconut. Back. It's a classic, yeah. dude. It, you either love or hate almond joys. I like <laughs> coconut, therefore I love them. Yeah. And they are better than mounds, by the way. They're better. What, I like what's the mounds? almonds. I don't even know what that mounds is. Mounds is dark chocolate covered coconut. Almond joys oh, milk okay. chocolate covered coconut with the almond, and it's just better. Yeah. It's a, that crunch from the almond makes all the difference. Um. So we're going to go Almond Joy 1, Kit Kat 2. I, like you, uh-huh. love a good Kit Kat. The crispness of the wafer with the chocolate yeah. is, is A1. And then third, it's a real close one, but I'm going to go Snickers. I really like the yeah, Snickers. The like the little sure. minis. Yeah, that's yeah, nice. Yeah. And you just pop them in like nothing, bro. <laughs> yeah, and, and if I'm going to go with a fruity-flavored thing, then there's no other comparison. Sour Patch Watermelon, that's the one. Yeah. Those are if you get those, that's even cooler because not many people carry those. They'll have the regular sour patch kids, but not the watermelons. Yeah, the sour patch watermelons are it. So yeah. that's my about ranking. Twix. We didn't even mention Twix. Ah, Twix. It's good, but it's not. It's not. It's not elite like those other ones, dude. Twix is like the Derek Carr of candy. Derek Carr. Oh, it's just mid. Yeah, it's mid. Dang. Sorry, bro. Sorry, that's tough. I do like a good right. Reese's too. It's just such a yeah, yeah. Like I it's can have a, Reese's you can any have that time of the want. year, and yeah. I feel like Halloween. There's like a different you know aura. Yeah, of candy, like Milky so. Way. That's another one that's like a little sleeper. I think that's like yeah. a classic staple Halloween candy. Yeah, I don't um, know if I had to rank mine. I couldn't even tell you. I could men- sit here and mention a ton of candies. I don't even know, but. I'm just trying to think of like those regular big bags where they got like five different candies. We didn't even mention, yeah. hold on, we didn't talk about M&M's, peanut M&M's or regular. Dang. I'm not. Tough. M&M's are good, but they're kind of like Reese's for me where it's like yeah, I can, you have, can have them in whenever. The year. I kind of feel like those other candies I mentioned, I feel like I only really have at Halloween for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. Especially yeah, the Almond Joy. That's a definitely yeah. like one yeah. of those on Halloween. Yeah. I will say. Also, I wanted to add just because it's Halloween, 
You know, uh-huh. I'm going to give us a bonus banger of the week. Oh, um, twofer. Uh, so I recently watched this movie over the weekend with uh, with Jill. We watched uh-huh. the movie together. She's not a huge horror. She's not a huge horror movie person. Uh-huh. Um, but we were in the spirit of the season, you know. So I, we, she was able to kind of get through it with me, and it was good. She liked it. She liked it too. So there you go. Anyone out there who's like, oh, I'm not huge in the horror. She liked this one. Uh, based on a video game, it's on Peacock. It just came out called Five Nights at Freddy's. All right. Oh yeah, I, I have seen the commercials for that. It it was good. I enjoyed it. It's a fun watch. It's a little out there. You know, you got to kind of like hang, hang along for the ride and the twist at the end and all that good stuff. But yeah, it was, uh, I thought it did a good job of capturing the essence of the game. I only played the game once ever, but uh-huh. uh, my little sister played like all of the games. Apparently there's multiple of these things. Okay. And uh, she had me play it with her once. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah I remember all this. this. It captured the essence of the game pretty well for a movie. So Highly recommend if you have Peacock or a way to stream that somehow. Yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's. It's a good watch. It's a fun one. Sure. But with that all being said, brings us to the conclusion of the episode, which means our guy Ray Ray taking this out. Happy Halloween. Hate I gotta waste time answering that question Fists in the air represent God's blessing Freedom